Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to create your best life and be your most authentic self. I am your host, Dr. Eve, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me at this time. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say thank you for checking out the show, and I certainly hope you'll come back for more. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, y'all? So it's May, and we're halfway through it, and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. I have been thinking long and hard about doing an episode where I focus on navigating life when you're living with anxiety and depression. And while very excited about that thought, as I continued to kind of mull over the things that I wanted to say, as I was putting together the show, I began to think a lot about learning how to navigate the stresses of being a first gen. And so what I want to talk about today are things that you can do being a first gen to better manage some of the stress that's in your life that comes as a result of you being first generation. Well, let me even start by saying I didn't think a whole lot of being a first gen initially because it wasn't something that was at the forefront of my brain, something that I even understood for that matter. I can tell you it was when I got to grad school that I started to get involved heavily in doing research. And that's when this concept of being first gen was introduced to me and was something that I finally understood. Oh, this is my life. Oh, this is my story. Oh, I can totally relate. So I can't say that I knew being first gen was anything special until I had already gotten through my four years of college. And I also believe that I didn't necessarily understand my experiences as being something unique because I was at an institution where a majority of the students who were there, and it was my colleagues, were first generation as well. So I was a part of a community of individuals who understood my experiences. And I had professors who understood what I was going through. So I didn't have to do a lot of explaining of myself or I didn't feel like, again, it was anything that was quote special um, for me. But looking back at my undergraduate experiences, my graduate experiences, and then my experiences as a professional, it finally started to make sense to me what this first gen thing really meant and how it really manifested itself in my life in terms of the experience. So while I had gone off to school and, in my opinion, began on this path to creating the success that I always desired to have because first gen or not, I've always wanted to be a successful person. Just learning how to frame that has been the thing that I've had to work on figuring out. However, getting to a place where I could look back and say, gosh, that was stressful. Gosh, it was stressful. That was stressful. Why was it stressful? What made the situation so unique? Some of it came from being the experience as a first gen. So the question could be asked, well, what is the experience of being a first gen? A lot of time for those who are first gens and especially coming from a low SES background, it's the stress of one 
how do you navigate some of the challenges with family when y'all broke and y'all trying to make it and it's not your parents just taking care of you or your parent just taking care of you it's uh when you're old enough to work you're going to work uh like i've shared i've been working since i was 13 and to me it was a given that when it was time to work you work but being able to support your family but then you do something like go off to college or go off to grad school and then you're not available to be there physically for things even like helping to pick up your siblings or being there to watch them when your parent has to work there are a lot of things that have the capacity to stress you out but then thinking about when you become a graduate student or when you become a professional that your life doesn't automatically change because you're now educated that's that's not how it works and you don't think that because the American dream or this picture of American dream says you go to college you can have a better life but then what does a better life look like when you don't get to go back to a five-bedroom house in the suburbs (laughs) when you graduate and your nana is still ill or your grandpa has passed away and these were individuals who were providing for you um, and helping perhaps your parent or your parents as you were growing up so thinking about those things if you're not in your head like yeah I feel you I feel you like these things are real and I can't say it's not normal but when it becomes your normal so does your level of stress being high become a normal that you just don't think oh okay I shouldn't be feeling this stressed out because you get used to it I I believe that I got used to being stressed out and didn't even recognize it as stress it was just uh, understood oh something else for me to have to figure out and when anxiety and depression had began to manifest itself in my life and it was something that was new to me so new to me I never heard about this I never heard about this mental health stuff like what you're talking about anxiety and depression that's crazy but a lot of it comes from just the constant stress um, and a lot of it the it being a lot of the manifestation of mental health for me came from carrying the load Um, as I've shared with mentors and friends over the course of my life I have been grown for a very long time and so that's not to say that it's a bad thing it just really depends on how you look at it that it could have been something that for me was good because as an adult when I got out there on into the real world I was able to take care of myself rather than having a dependency on others to be able to save the day for me um yeah so saying all of that to kind of frame some of the things that I want to talk about in terms of being able to manage your stress as a first gen um there was a time when I recall a friend sharing with me that a colleague of ours had made a point to say that I wanted people to feel sorry for me and I was thinking to myself you have got to be kidding me feel sorry for me oh okay I never realized that my real and lived experiences by sharing that with you was me wanting you to feel sorry for me not as much as it was just me letting you know what was going on Um, that was my take and what that taught me um, is a first point of managing your stress is don't let people invalidate your experiences because 
what you're going through as a first gen, be it that you're in college right now and you're navigating these next four years or two years, or if you've already graduated or you are living as a professional, what you're going through as a first gen is what you're going through. And let me tell you, that's okay. It's okay because everybody isn't so fortunate to have money that makes you comfortable, that makes living comfortable. But even we know people with money have problems, right? But people who don't come from your hardship they're not going to understand um people who have two parents in a home don't understand what it's like to have one people who were given a car at 16 don't understand what it's like to have to work for your look your look your little raggedy bucket <laughs> but then to even be able to get your little raggedy bucket to have so much pride in having it and then to be able to maintain it they don't understand so people who are not a part of your community don't get it but don't let them invalidate your experiences not even in the workplace as a professional when you have stuff going on you have stuff going on because I think about the times when I didn't speak up or I didn't say something when I probably should have because I didn't want to come off as though I was whining and complaining and that one moment that actually happened when I was in high school was really damaging to me because I never wanted people to feel sorry for me and it was very isolating because when you make it a point to say that somebody is talking about something to feel pity like really there's there's a difference don't feel pity for me just know I can't come to the party because I got to go to work (laughs) it's not for you to feel sorry it's just what it is so don't let people invalidate your experiences don't carry the stress if you have to explain to your supervisor that something is going on don't feel bad about explaining what's going on if it's affecting your work performance because that's just what it's doing and it's not for you to try to make them understand it's only for you to let them know what's up and how they deal with or treat what you've shared with them that's not on you so yeah don't let people invalidate your experiences because they do matter and they do shape who you are my second thing is I want you all to really learn to trust that you are doing the best that you can do point blank period I know that there are so many times where we grow up as first gens and we feel inadequate because we begin to learn and see all the things that we didn't have, um, all the things that could have been different, all the things that should be better, be it that we weren't as prepared to go to school as maybe we should have been. Or maybe because when we go to school, we have to work. And working means that we don't really have the same time to be social and out and about with folks, you know, doing things that everybody else is doing. Um, But even if we do get involved, we're doing so much and we're stretched so thin that we feel like it's hard to keep up. And then to do all these things in school or to do all these things professionally and to turn around and to look and say, Am I even doing enough? (laughs) Is this even adequate? You know, does anybody notice all the hard work I'm putting in? Because I feel like they don't. It's not for other people to notice the hard work that you're putting in. And it's not for other people to make you feel like what you have done is enough. You have got to figure that out for for yourself. You got to know that for yourself. No matter what you're doing, how much or how little that you're doing, trust that you are doing the best that you can do. Because I won't even say that's all anybody can ask of you. 
because it's not about what other people are asking of you. It's what you are asking of yourself. And if you can feel proud of what you're doing and who you've become, that is far more than enough. So trust that you are doing the best that you can do. Leading me to the you are enough. What is it that you need to do to feel like you are enough? But then there's another point of learning to invest in yourself. Investing in myself is something that I really had to work through. What does it mean for me to be able to do things that makes me happy? What does it mean to not just get things or do things because it's necessity, but because of want? Um, (laughs) I tell um, some people sometimes the story that my husband, so I wasn't like in 20 something, I was in grad school, but my now husband is the reason why I invest in myself. I knew education was something that would help me get ahead, but I didn't recognize education necessarily as an investment right away. But it was doing more things like buying a pair of shoes or getting a shirt or having a nice meal or getting my nails done that I started to see these were investments in myself. But we had gone out to dinner one night. It was actually our very first date. And y'all, this man swooned me because he told me I can have anything on the menu. And I was like, do what? Anything on the menu? Okay. But um, what makes that funny is he had said something to me after the fact. He was like, if you work for it, you deserve it. If you work for it, you should be able to have what not only you need, but what you want. He was like, so have anything you want because this man got a filet. And I had never had a filet at this point in my life, like never. So when I had that first piece, it was real good. (laughs) So I got whatever I wanted on the menu because going out to a restaurant, I would typically get a burger or I would get some kind of pasta because those dishes were going to be the cheapest. And I can't even tell you what I got that night, but I know it was something different and I was so proud of myself. So looking at investing yourself, save yourself a little bit of money and go get yourself a massage. Save yourself a little bit of money and get the car that you really want. You know, save a little bit of money and live in a neighborhood that you want to live in, whatever that may be. Like, do what you need to do to invest in yourself and your well-being. Save a little bit of money and go get you a therapist. Do that. Invest in yourself. Like, it is okay And I'm going to just be straight up. I remember when I was thinking that the Queen Helen Cocoa Butter Lotion for Family Dollar was bussing. And don't get me wrong, it is bussing. But it wasn't until I tried Bath and Body Works and I liked it and I realized this is something that I like. But I didn't have to deny myself something that was better because I was so used to not having anything. And so to that point, invest in yourself. And I'm not saying go out here and wild out. But if there are little things that you can do over time, invest in yourself because these are things that will help manage some of the stresses that you have and feeling like, man, especially from a a mental, emotional perspective, feeling like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't because it's always like, oh, I can't ever have anything. I can never do anything. No, you can. You just have to make a point to invest in yourself. And sometimes that may even mean slick saying, I'm not going to send this money this week or this month. I'm going to send this much and I'm going to do something that's, that's for me. But hey, um, the next thing I want you all to think about is rethinking your expectations of expectations. So in the process of learning to manage some of the stress that you have in your life, take some time to sit down and think about are there things that you are expecting from sometimes your family members, from sometimes your colleagues, 
um, sometimes just people around you in general that are unrealistic for yourself. Um, Here's an example. I remember thinking when I had gotten my doctorate that everybody was supposed to be at my graduation ceremony because big deal, I'm the first person and only person to get a doctorate. So everybody is supposed to be a turn up celebration. So my expectation was that everybody was going to come. Um, And who was everybody was going to come? My friends, my family, blah, 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 blah. Well, that didn't happen. And I was so angry for a long time because I couldn't seem to figure out why this really, really big accomplishment was something that should have been celebrated more, but it was not. But looking back at the time, it was not for anybody again not for anybody else to celebrate like I needed to celebrate I had to celebrate myself but I had to rethink that it wasn't that important to other people um, not in my family not even some of my friends and that was okay so rethinking my expectations also meant that I've had to take some of the stress off of myself in terms of what success looks like and success for me has been framed by some things that I've identified in terms of having freedom, having peace, um, being able to love the people that are around me, but even the expectation that I gotta, 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 because I have to make my family proud. I have to make these people proud because I would even say as somebody who is first gen that some of the expectations I set for myself and some of the standards I set for myself, I formulated in my head based off of what I thought my family wanted of me. And in doing so, life has showed me that all they wanted is for me to do live my damn life. (laughs) And in doing that, that meant that they were always going to be a very active part of it. But it also didn't mean that they didn't support me. But I just had to shift my mindset about what I expected from them, but also what I expected of myself. So taking time to rethink your expectations. If you believe that somebody or somebody's should be doing more and they're not and you don't understand why, the first part of that is understanding that what it means to you, it does not mean the same to them. That does not make it bad, but it is what it is. And actually, I had a mentor who helped me kind of see that as well, that just because you are jumping off of clouds because you're enthused about the things that you are doing, it is what it is. Your situation, your circumstance is different. Thinking about your circumstance and, and things being different, I want to kind of touch a little bit on finding a way for you to get grounded. So as a first gen, what are some things that you can do in all of the demands of living and being and figuring out life? What can you do to be grounded? Is that journaling is that being a part of a religious spiritual community is that having a conversation with friends is that going to sit by the lake and going by the sitting by the water and just taking some time to figure some things out is that just taking a good nap (laughs) what is it that you need to be grounded what is it that you need to feel like you're firm within yourself and in the life that you have and that you're living because again the push and the pull of being first gen can be so much sometimes And on the one hand, while you recognize maybe where you come from or like your family doesn't necessarily determine what your life looks like, 
you understand that there's a commitment though to be able to be there for your family when you need to be and I say the family part is a big part because it really is because the role of us in first-gen families is that we just don't go off and then go live happily ever after there's still this role that we know we got to take care of our people and then kind of even thinking about that whole expecting expectations of other people or what you're thinking of other people's expectations you know hey you went off to go to college and you're doing something great now you're going to come back home and help us out I know that's a story of a lot of first gens and thinking about I mean even again being grounded how do you come back to your center when you're trying to be in this new career and do well but then there's so much going on at home that you have to be present as well or how do you not find a job in the area that you're in but you don't want to leave your family because you know that your family needs you but yet you're not financially stable to be able to take care of your family and the better job is a couple of states away so that becomes stressful so again finding ways that you can ground yourself in spite of the chaos that may be going on around you because you can um, be centered and you can be well but what are those things that will continue to help you to be centered and well as you continue to go forward so yeah and um last but not least I went to a workshop back in February and the two presenters Leah and Aaron big ups to y'all because they did a really awesome job they talked about the idea of self-care and self-care being something that is proactive and not reactive and I was like oh 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 never heard it that way so thinking about managing your stress and in all these things it's about it's about self-care caring for yourself um really reframing how you look at things is what all these things are about that I've shared today So taking time to be proactive and not reactive. And what does that look like? You know, how can you not wait until the last minute when you are burnt up, tired out, can't do no more to finally say that you need to make some changes? What are things that you can be doing regularly to be able to take time? Is it taking a vacation for yourself? Is it going to do a staycation you know just for a little bit what are the things that you can be doing daily to make sure that you don't get to the end of your rope um and I know that can be hard to change when you are the person who's used to being at the end of your rope and you holding on but you holding on so that you can say you good with your friends and you can say you good because you don't need your family seeing you breaking down and you can say you good although you don't want to go see a therapist and get some help to talk about some stuff that you got going on because you can't sleep at night (laughs) what are some things you can do to not be at your wits end is that being able to find I would say I'm an advocate of therapy I have had a therapist and or a counselor for many years because I've needed it for some of the stuff that I have experienced in my life so a part of me being proactive is saying I need to talk to somebody and work some of this out because it's driving me crazy in my head um some of my proactivity is saying I need to sleep a little bit longer today and to be candid which will be a conversation for another day I talk about entrepreneurship and self-care because where I am now for me to be well and to do well and function there are some things that I need have you identified what you need I would even say that as a means of being proactive and not reactive 
have you identify some of the things that are really setting you off, some things that are really consuming too much of your energy and are not making you feel good? Like, what does that look like? What does that look like? And so you have to be proactive. You have to just take a minute and stop and reevaluate because that's really important in being able to have a plan for moving forward. I'm wrapping this up. Um, I just want you to remember, again, don't let people invalidate your experiences. Trust that you are doing the best you can do. Remember that you are enough. Invest in yourself. Rethink your expectations of expectations. Find a way to get grounded. Be proactive and not reactive. You are incredible as you are. Please don't ever forget that. There are a whole community of first-gen folks that stand behind you. Lean on us to support you because we got your back. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Before you go, just a few things to note. Uh, First and foremost, let's get connected on Instagram and or LinkedIn. You can find me at E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D on both social networks. Don't forget to head on over to check out my site at www.evehudsonphd.com. And if you should decide to purchase a book or apparel just for listening to this podcast, you get 10% off of your order. Just use the code podcast when you check out. Last but certainly not the least, in all that you do, remember to be resilient, authentic, and intentional. I'm out.